I went down to the river to watch the fish swim by. But I got to the river so lonesome I wanted to die. Oh, Lord. And then I jumped in the river, but the doggone river was dry. She's long gone and now I'm lonesome blue. Hello and welcome to Long Gone the Podcast. This is Ryan Hetzer. And today uh, I have a little bit of a, a special episode. I'm from the very beginning when I started the podcast, I wanted to, uh, of course, you know, the main focus of it being St. Louis Cardinal baseball. But, you know, certainly um, within that, I did want to at times stray into some other topics of interest for myself. Um, I do watch a fair amount of different TV shows and not so much movies anymore, although I do watch uh, a fair amount of movies if they come through Netflix. But wanted to spend some time talking about that. Um, some gaming, which is another interest of mine, although I really haven't had an opportunity yet on the podcast to talk about gaming. But within the TV realm, um, you know, I have had a chance to talk with, you know, do a podcast by myself talking about that. And then also with my brother, Scott, my regular co-host, uh, he and I had a chance to talk about some TV things. Um, and so the other part is that, you know, thinking about the different podcasts that that I enjoy, um, that I regularly listen to, and that's that's what it's all about. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do here uh, with, with this little venture of mine, this podcast, is to grow listenership and, you know, uh, listening to guys like Joe Rogan, who I've talked about a lot, and he's kind of a uh, role model of mine and he just talks about you know getting regular content out there on you know two three four times a week and so that's really what I've been trying to do lately but also whether it be Joe Rogan or some of the other folks I listen to even within the Cardinal podcasting world that you do like to get a bit of a glimpse into who they are as a person not just some you know kind of robot talking about baseball constantly and so with that in mind uh Today I decided to do an episode with my wife, Sarah, and she's here with me. Sarah, how are you? Hi. Um, so we, uh, and I've talked about this a little bit before, um, we live in Morocco and we met here. Sarah is uh, Moroccan. And so to get a little bit of the baseball uh, talk out of the way at the beginning, we won't be doing much of it, but I did want to ask uh, Sarah because she... She hasn't really bought into my baseball uh, obsession. I mean, it's not uh, something that she's uh, completely uh, bought into or gotten involved in. She certainly uh, supports me and lets me do my thing. But just coming from a country, Sarah, that doesn't, um, you know, baseball is just not part of the, the culture here. You don't see it on TV. Kids don't play it. So, like, when you have watched a little bit of games here and there or you know you have gone to a cardinal game with me what what are sort of some of the impressions or thoughts that you have about the sport where I, when it comes to baseball i just want to limit myself into wearing t-shirts about cardinals and hear 
podcast that I don't even understand. Growing up as Moroccan, um, soccer is the national main sport. It's the only thing I could understand. Yes, base, basketball, volleyball. Yes, but just I just want to know why baseball has to be so complicated and a dirty sport. Like if you, why is it a dirty sport? Yes, why? Like why you have to dive in into dirt just to be called like you're a good baseball player? Well, there's dirt on the field, and so when you, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense. It's just so much work for the person to wash the clothes. <laughs> um, you know when? How does you know being over here? Uh, a lot of times. To watch uh, Cardinal games, especially on the weekend, I'll um, often, you know, have to stay up till one, two, three in the morning. Uh, there have been some playoff game appearances, although a couple years out of the playoffs, but of course last year they were in. Um, where I've even set an alarm for you know to wake up at three thirty in the morning to to go watch a game. I mean, does that seem a little strange to you, or do you kind of understand it? Well, I wouldn't say it's strange because everybody is passionate about something and they will go like an extra mile for it. But in your case, we'll go an extra 1,000 mile just to watch a baseball game from start to finish. But it's just, I guess, when you love someone, you love them, you just accept everything about them. And I know you love baseball and um, I love how me not being into baseball doesn't get in our way. Like, I understand that you are passionate about baseball, but you also understand that I don't, I care less about baseball. Yeah. And no offense to any people. <laughs> about no, I don't try to, um, I don't try to sort of convert you over to the sport or anything, which I think you appreciate. Um, A long time, yes. <laughs> Well, um, if anyone, I mean, and certainly in the description of this podcast, I'll make it clear that this is not really a baseball-focused podcast, but um, if anyone, you know, sort of is in the, into listening to my podcast for the baseball, that's probably going to be about the extent of any baseball talk. So certainly don't mind um, if that's why you click on the podcast and listen. Um, I don't mind if you were to stop listening, but um, what we're going to get into now, there's uh, certainly a, a show that's garnered a lot of discussion. I mean, a lot of people have had a lot of different conversations about the show and talking about Game of Thrones. It's um, a show that Sarah and I uh, share. Now, we're going to get in a little bit into the more nerdy parts of things too because she and I have both also read the books and you kind of within the Game of Thrones fandom it it seems like there is a distinction there you know there sort of are the people who have just watched the shows and they don't want to hear you know people say oh well it was different in the book or it was done this way in the book and um, you know and then there are people who are like so into the books that they kind of think, oh, well, if you haven't read the books, you're not a true fan. I think Sarah and I just kind of sit in the middle. I mean, we we have an appreciation for both. We don't necessarily think, you know, people who haven't read the book are, I mean, I think people who haven't read the books are missing out, but at the same time, like, 
uh, I, I still think they have the right to enjoy the show and the story. Uh, there are some book people who are really intense on that. So what we're going to do here for the next little while, we just want to, um, so this will be in terms of spoilers. I mean, if the, the topic of discussion here will be um, kind of comparing things that happened in the book, but did not happen in the shows or vice versa and kind of what some of the decisions we did like or didn't like that the, uh, that the producers of the show made. Um, so we're going to maybe just kind of go back and forth here with some things. And um, I, we haven't actually discussed these prior. Um, I mean, I, I threw the question out there to Sarah, but we haven't actually like discussed what we're going to say. So it's possible we may agree on some. And so, um, you know, if so, then so be it. But, uh, so Sarah, I'll start with you and what, and I, you don't necessarily have to go in any sort of order, uh, you know, in the story. I mean, you could start with something towards the end of, of the stories, but maybe what's one thing that, um, you know, the, that they did not show or that they changed from the books that, that kind of you, you wish it would have been in the show. I wouldn't even just say wish, but I'm disappointed at the fact that um, the producers or the show, they totally discard, discarded the, um, the whole thing about Caitlyn Stark uh, becoming a zombie. Lady Stoneheart. Lady Stoneheart. Yeah. And not only that, it's because one of my favorite characters, and you know that, Brienne. Yeah. It's like she was basically maybe she was kidnapped and then had to choose either to be killed by Caitlin or kill Jamie. And we know in the books have chosen oath, which means killing Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, that's... And I want to know what happened. Like at the show, they showed that they had like intimacy. They got to, you know, she, she finally no longer virgin. Yeah. And she had everything she wished for, which is being with him. She loved him and everything. But in the book, they, you know, George Martin put it in a way that she's supposed to kill him. Yeah. And we don't know if she's going to. Or allow herself to die. Or allow herself to die. But. I th- babe, like right there at that moment where they were like, you're going to die right now or you choose to kill Jamie, she's chosen, you know, oath, which means killing kill Jamie. Jamie. Well, it's certainly, it's a huge decision and it's probably the one that a lot of fans of the book would point to um, because as you just said, it there's this major character for anyone's listening that never plans to read the books, but likes the show, but there's this major character that comes about where basically Catelyn Stark is resurrected. Uh, She is not the same person. It's almost like she's a zombie version of herself, but she gives herself the name Lady Stoneheart. And then she kind of develops this kind of crew of other, um, zombies types that that are with her and um yeah i mean to not have her that character was a huge choice now then like you're saying it it also 
in the books, I mean, it impacts these two other major characters in, in a huge way where you have Lady Stoneheart that eventually has, you know, has Brienne and Jamie Lannister in her, um, in her camp, basically has them captured. Um, so it just completely discounts that whole storyline for Brienne and, um, Brienne's a, Brienne's a case where they really made a lot of changes to her storyline. You know, if you obviously take that out, it's huge. There's also the, you know, she never fights the hound, you know, and and leaves him for, for dead, you know, in the, in the show, I mean, it was a great fight. It was, you know, this, this monumental battle between her and him. And, you know, she kind of leaves him for dead. And then, well, then Arya leaves him for dead too after finding him. But that fight never happens in the books. Um, and, and so, yeah, there's just some some pretty significant changes and differences with uh, Brienne's story. I mean, she never, she also never. Well, we don't <laughs> we don't know uh, in terms of the books uh, she if she ever like actually gets together with Jamie uh, romantically. She but might. yeah, maybe in the books she might. But and also like. You know how Ramsey in the books is married to fake Arya? Yeah. But in the show, he's married to Sansa? Yeah. But if you remember, that Littlefinger was arranging, like, as the last appearance we see of Sansa is that she has her marriage uh, fixed. And we don't know who's the person. So if Ramsey is married to fake Arya, who Sansa is married to? Or will be married to? Yeah. I mean that that's another I just that, remembered that. No, that's another big one because and again like I don't want to always I don't want to necessarily assume that that anyone listening has also if you're listening we're probably going to assume you've uh, read the books. No, they've seen the show. Yeah. Cuz more people I think have seen the show than read the books, but um perhaps you may not have read the books, but yeah, I mean in in the books um what you're talking about there is with between with Arya and Sansa, there's a, a huge um, thing where you know Sansa never leaves um, the Vale in yeah. terms of the book. She's still there. Um, she's not you know, given away to Ramsay Bolton as as his wife. It's actually they what they give him is like someone they say is Arya, but it's not actually Arya Stark. Um, and then yeah, I mean. Uh, Reek uh, helps the fake Arya escape. That's one of the last things that happens yes. in the most recent book. But, but the most recent, like, the last thing we know about Sansa is just her marriage has been fixed. To whom? We don't know. See, I don't even remember that, actually. So Yeah, I have a good say, memory. <laughs> so they, they, <laughs> that they make proved a, that I have a good memory. <laughs> Yesterday, you tried to say <laughs> the opposite. My memory is still better. But. Please, I want this recorded. <laughs> Um, so they allude in the last part of the book that Sansa has been promised to someone, yes, but they don't say Yes, and we all know who is that someone. Another one I would point to um, on the, the book side, but not in the show, the Hound. Um, the Hound is kind of shrouded in mystery still in the books. They, they actually, at some point, they, they allow you to believe in the books that he's been killed. But... 
you know, they never go quite as far to say it. And then there's this cryptic conversation and I, I'm going to, I don't even have the details that you're, you just made fun of my memory, <laughs> but there's some conversation that I don't even know who's having it. This is terrible, but I should have prepped for this, uh, for this okay. point, but no, there's some conversation where somebody says, well, no, the hound, the hound is dead and they're talking to, and so the implication is that like, he's been reborn or that he's new, that that part of him has died, but that the man, Sandor Clegane, is still alive. And then they and then they say that there's this huge guy that they see off in the distance kind of I... like limping, and it's kind of like making you believe that, that it's him. But um, now obviously the show, part of the issue here too is the show goes all the way to the end. I mean, the show takes us all the way through the whole story. In the books, we don't, you know, we don't have the whole story yet. It seems like we never will. You know, George R. R. Martin's ever going to release uh, the next story in the in the series. But, um, yeah, that whole thing um, with with Sandor Clegane, I, I, I thought the book really did a nice job with his story of kind of keeping you guessing, you know, is he alive? What's going on with him? Um, and I guess in the in the in the show they did have that period of time where you wondered did he die, but I think it was like the very like the season opener of the next season that they showed him like alive and you know working with some group of guys building a house or something like that. So, mm-hmm. would, what about do you have any the other way? Because um, we've been kind of harping on the show a little bit. Um, are there any show decisions that? were made you know that you did like that you felt like really was you know an interesting way to go with it or a good way to go with it that maybe wasn't in the books i don't know i i'm sorry i'm 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 uh, i'm always faithful to books and i know that people love the show but I think when it comes to some kind of events or how things are going, um, I don't think the the show did you know give it apart from the red wedding. I think that was like maybe as good, if not slightly better than it was in the book. I guess to see it actually, yeah. you know, even when you imagine it, you don't imagine it that brutal. Yeah. But also, like, we don't know what's going to happen in a book, but I really liked how Arya came back and uh, and just slaughtered everyone. It's like her part of revenge. Yeah. Her way to take revenge for her family. I don't know how it's going to be in the books because she's still there. It sets up that way, though, because she's, yeah, she's getting the training through the, the faceless man. The faceless man. So it seems to set up that way. I have one for you that with with the storyline of uh, Khaleesi, um, I felt like in the book it became very convoluted. Where now this is again where maybe you'll you'll make fun of me or say that your recall is better, but it's been a while since I've read the books. I mean, much longer than you know seeing the show, but her whole kind of journey through a couple of these different slaver cities and then the different people that she meets there and then the, 
at some point they say she's engaged to this, and there's all these crazy names like Xander and Zakthos and like these guys with like 50 names and then for one of them she's like actually engaged to for a while or she was engaged to like the last the you know the last book that he has written she she was still engaged I've, to and, Maurice something and you had, and then there was like the these Zindargans and the harpies like and the second the harpy the harpies were and they kind of show that a little bit but i just i thought that was all I thought they cut more to the the heart of the story in the in the show. I like the fact that they cut out. There was a lot of story there with her and these like local slavers and kind of the politics of the cities of Marine and the other slaver cities she was in. There was a ton of detail about that in the books, which I mean, I'm always a fan of detail, and it did add you know a richness to her story, but. I kind of felt like they cut through a lot of that crap in the show and just kind of got straight to the heart of her story, which was like the development of her dragons, uh, you know, fulfilling her legacy or her destiny to take an army, you know, back to Westeros. And I, I thought that was good. I remember how I told you I'm not a big fan of how in the show, like when she, she got married to Khal uh, um, Rogo, like yeah, how in the show she would, the whole wedding night was depicted as him raping her. Yeah, in the books it wasn't that way, and I told you how I hated it. But thinking now, like hearing you speaking, her development to be like from a minor character to this. Uh, um, um, what Khaleesi the mm. and one thousand name that comes after yeah. that mother of dragons is it is important like because she kind of tamed him to know like to master the art of intimacy yeah through the show yeah the way they showed it in the show like if you she... think about it maybe I will get too beyond literature right <laughs> now. If you think about it, he was her first dragon to train. Mm. Her first monster to train. Oh, you're going with some imagery there or some Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I see what you mean there. You see you like maybe like the fact that, that they showed Yeah, that, that thinking she, about she, it now. Even at that even before she even met her dragons at that point, she had the strength of character to where Yeah, she, she she was a tamer. Yeah. Like it's in her blood. It's like she's distant to be the Khaleesi. I have a couple other. um, It seems like, and I I wonder, you know, I know that these shows and these companies, they kind of, they run like test, uh, like to see how the audience is responding to certain characters. And I think they do this throughout the course of a show. And then I think they sometimes make decisions. I've heard of this type of thing before. But another thing the show did, which, you know, in the books, there are two characters that I have in mind that aren't, they're in the books, but they aren't as big of players as they are in the show, yet, like, I love them in the show. Like, it's hard to imagine the show without them having such a strong presence. And so you have to count, you know, put a point in the column for the show in that instance. So the two that 
I'm thinking of her Braun. Braun's one. I mean, Braun is in the books, but he does not have near the role that he does. And of course, in the show, he kind of shows up everywhere. You know, he's Tyrion's right hand man. He's always there. Um, he helps to train Jamie once uh, he loses his arm. Um, I mean, even up until up through the last season, I mean, he's he's uh, isn't he? Was he at the small council at the end? No, he wasn't. What happened to him at the very very end of the show? He, he lived. I'm sorry, I hated the last season so much. I don't even have a <laughs> well, good recollection of what happened. I think there. we should talk about that a little bit at some point, though. But anyway, um, well, anyway, Bron, we know that he's a major character and just, I mean, some of the humor that he brought to the show and it's just, he was a great character in the show, but in the books, he's just kind of like a bit player. The other one and this along the same lines is the, the, the onion Knight. Uh, what's his name? My God. Which one? Um, the onion Knight. uh, it's terrible. The good thing about podcasts, nobody's seeing us. We can't Google it. <laughs> well, you, the guy with the beard, and he was um, he was the hand to Stannis. Oh, oh, the guy who loved the the, the other one, who hated uh, well, Melisandre. Hated Melisandre. Why he, I why I remember Melisandre? I don't remember him. Okay, let's Google it. Well, while you're googling that, but point <laughs> point is, but. but while we get the name, um, uh, and it's terrible, of course, because my whole point is that he was <laughs> a memorable and great character in the show. Um, but I mean, he was just another in the books. He's he's just not as prominently involved. I mean, again, he's in the story, but he's not as prominently involved as as what he is in the show. And he's a great character in the show. Lord, go ahead. I would have had it by now if I was going to <laughs> Starts with a D. Just say. Davos. Yeah, Davos. Yeah, Davos. Seaworth. Yeah, of course, Davos. I like um, this guy. So. Do you know now I forgot the little daughter, the. the uh, Stannis' daughter? Yeah, forgot her name. I can't think of the name. Well, which, by the way, brings us to another thing. Something that I like, actually, I like about the show. I'm sorry, I, I say I hated the show, and I'll go back. <laughs> Something I liked about the show is that there isn't nearly as many characters as are in the books. Yeah, they had to do that though, right? Because just the books are just people already complained about the show, <laughs> saying that there's too many families and stories imagine if they would have actually included everything from the books that was kind of my point about the khaleesi thing just a minute ago yeah. there's so many characters in her development at all. least in the books like you have those family trees from every house and you just have to read go through 20 page for every house <laughs> to find yeah what's the relationship of that person with khaleesi or uh, John Snow, or yeah. Um, there's one other big change they made, and I don't, I don't know if I feel good or bad about it. I, it's just what, the reason I want to bring it up. It was just kind of like the Lady Stoneheart thing. It was, it was a huge change. Mm-hmm. 
and then maybe after that we can um, talk a little bit about the final season because I do think we should have a chance to rant a little bit on that final season. Um, uh, Mance Raider. You know, um, in the book, Mm -hmm. they have someone take his place as as if it is him when he's executed. Yeah. So it's not really Mance Raider who's killed. Uh, and I mean, Mance Raider is this huge character in terms of being, you know, the king of, of the wildlings. Uh, but the, and, and then that group of people, of course, having this like intimate knowledge and relation, not relationship, but knowledge of the, the white walkers. And, um, yeah, basically, like Mance Raider's death in the books is an illusion. It's it's fake to make people believe that he was killed, but that he actually was still is, is still alive in the books, I believe. So they, you know, obviously in the in the show they just killed him off. He's dead. There was no never any mention or thought that that he was still alive. It was just like okay, he's dead. I thought that was a pretty big choice because that, I think in the books, it still kind of hangs out there. It's just like this huge factor as to like, you know, what, what role or what part does Mance Raider still have to play in this, in this whole thing? I think maybe that was George Martin's decision. So like people would still buy his book if he ever writes any, (laughs) he's still, he still has two books to write. Yeah, but supposedly it's two more books to finish it. Yeah. yeah. But so. it, it seems like for going on like four to five years now, he's actually released chapters of the next book. Like there are chapters online that you can I know, find. But it's, but it's like, how do you have these chapters? But then it takes you this long to actually. Anyway. Yeah. Um, should we talk about the last season a little bit then? Yeah. Hate it. Big time. <laughs> Especially the last episode. The last two episodes. I would what, say the last three. What did you hate about it? And also I hate the fact that... I'm so sorry. Even... Look, here you have the Battle of the Bastards, which was like... Epic. Yeah. And then the most important battle of the whole show... Wasn't nearly as good as the Battle of of bastards yeah. that well that yeah that battle i think they really tried to do something unique with the whole like nighttime ambiance you know this fighting you know at night sort of the last night kind of you know uh, metaphor um and people have joked about it but really it's kind of true like you watch that episode and it's really hard to see like what's happening at all times. I think that as, as odd as it might be to say, I think if they would have allowed that battle to happen, like at dawn, you know, let's say right as the sun is rising and then the, and you could actually see better what types of things were happening. And sometimes you had these people being surrounded or jumped on by undead. And you're like, well, who, who was that? Was that a, <laughs> And then the whole battle also, I mean, at least Battle of the Bastards, you had, I mean, I, I, I say at least, I mean, I, it's a bit morbid, but I mean, you had 
some significant things happening. Of course, at the very beginning of the battle, um, Rickon is yeah. is killed by, um, and then even like towards the end, you have the giant uh, that gets that gets killed, and um, there are uh, some other significant deaths that happen. But it's like that the, the whatchamacallit battle. I don't even know what you call it. The, the last the, the, the one, Winterfell, the winter, I guess. Winterfell battle. The or, winter is coming. Like it's every like that. every significant character survives. There was like this I guess except for And it's for, not um, Martin. Like he killed Ned Stark at the, the yeah. you know at the beginning and you couldn't kill someone as important as uh Davos, Davos, or who? Well, they did kill. Why did they? Why did they have to kill the little girl? Well, Wasn't was, the giant enough? Yeah, well, that was much. Yeah, that was part of Stannis's like insanity and everything. But oh, no, you the meant the girl. oh, you meant yeah the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the well, and they, and they also did kill. I. I I shouldn't uh, disrespect his uh, role. Uh, they did kill in that battle. Um, Khaleesi's like protector. Yes. Um, oh God. We should have brushed up on all these names before we oh, had this sorry. conversation. I guess be a parent of three kids. It's kind of hard to do <laughs> anything. Um, well, here. Look that you up. Said, you look up. I'm going to speak. Okay. I know it's your podcast, but I'm your wife. Right. Go ahead. Um. You know how you said it was hard for you to uh, to see who died, what happened, etc. And this comment is coming from someone with a great vision. <laughs> I wore sunglasses. I wore glasses, not sunglasses. I wore I wore glasses when I was four years old, so you could imagine me trying. To watch that episode. And it's not only that. So he was killed by Arya? Who? The the Night King. Yeah. Well, wasn't it the whole thing being made? And who's the promised prince? Is it Jon Snow? Is it uh, uh, Bran? I, yeah, well, I think I, I can. Are you, are you finished with your comment? Because I think. I can respond to yeah, some of that. Yeah, because now you know the name of the guy. No, <laughs> no, I was thinking more about what you just said. Uh-huh. Although I will tell you that Jorah. Yeah, the people who are listening are probably like, "How do you guys call yourselves fans? You can't remember the." But yeah, Jorah, Sir Jorah, that's the one who he did die in the 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 night battle or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and then of course the little girl was like his niece or something, or he, it was no, part of his family that she was a Mormon. She was a Mormon. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I guess there, there was that significant, uh, character death in that battle, but, um, yeah, I mean, well, first let me just respond to your question. I think this prince that was promised thing was always nonsense because she was convinced that it was Stannis, you know, and then. All of a sudden, like you know, Stannis basically gets gets defeated at Winterfell, and by Ramsay's people, and 
then all of a sudden, you know, no, he's not the prince that was promised. It's a, so I just think her there. There's something to. They definitely convey that there's something to sort of this Lord of Light concept, and that they kind of um, lead you to believe that certain people have looked into the flames of the of the fire, and they've seen the you know, had visions or seen images, but. Even that could be some kind of hocus pocus. You throw some kind of dust into a fire, and maybe it, you know, people inhale it, and it's like a, some kind of, uh, you know, um, psychedelic drug where they start to see things that aren't really there. I, I just that that whole thing I think was a farce. I don't think there really is a prince that was promised. I mean, if you think that whole, I think there was, but because it was but a that's big thing. yeah, based on only but see. the. Based only on the information of this ancient witch, I mean, who else was talking about? Who basically, the... was right that Arya was going to be the one who defeats the Night King. Well, did she say that? She said, "I'm going to see you again." She told her, "I'm going to see you again." I, I I quite remember. I think maybe because I was so distracted, and I had to invest most of my energy and my to actually see what's happening but i clearly remember you know her sending a loaded message to um to uh aria mm-hmm. where she that aria will be the one who will defeat uh, the well you said something you said something else which allowed me to think of another major problem i had with the final season is you know now I don't mind so much that Arya was the one that that killed him, but what I was disappointed in is you know they spend all this time you know through the course of whatever season six or seven seasons, and this Night King and the whole concept behind his his mission. What is he after? What does he want? What is his story? What is his backstory? What you kind of, I think, you know, I at least was under the impression that at some point we were going to get some answers to that. You know, not that I'm not expecting, you know, the show to hold my hand and tell me exactly every single step of the way what, but I just expected there to be some kind of insight into what, and there was all this speculation. I mean, my God, you, you couldn't, every day you'd read, oh, is the Night King really Bran? Is the Night King this? Is the Night King that? all this speculation over what what was he out for? What was his army's intention? What what were they? And then you kind of just, you never get any answers whatsoever. It's just like he's this. The children of the flood this like, basically made him to protect uh, the world, except that he turned against them. And, and, you know, every so often they, every, you know, hundred, hundreds of, or a thousand years, they have to kind of, purge the earth or something like that is that the idea i don't know so just to go back to um, what melisandre said to aria i see a darkness in you and in that darkness eyes staring back at me brown eyes blue eyes green eyes eyes you'll shut forever all the people that she's gonna kill blue eyes who had blue eyes? Yeah, well, a lot of people have blue Green eyes. Green eyes. 
A lot of people have blue eyes. Well, how do you account for the fact that she, at one point, was convinced that Stannis was the prince that was promised? Babe, she managed to look 20 for 200 years. I believe that woman. Whatever she does, I'm with her. <laughs> I don't even care. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'll tell I think- you what. I don't know how I feel about Bran. Being yeah, let's well, so let's match. let's finish our Game of Thrones part with that. Like, you know, obviously that's a huge controversy. So Bran is the yeah. So you, I'm, I'm, you know, Bran have chosen a life where to, uh, which is, will be the closest thing that would make sense to me. It would be like he has kind of chosen a life of Sufism. You know, to steer away from from uh, material, uh, you know, material life, and and just uh, uh, you know, have some kind of spiritual life. And he did yeah. never wanted power. He never wanted to be the king. He never, but he ends up. And he just accepted everybody yeah, saying, yeah, I named Bran, and everybody's it's, like, it, yeah, I'm the king. It really is horrible. I mean, first, like, he, he's the three-eyed raven. In fact, he he says a couple different times, like, he makes these cryptic remarks that he is no longer Bran. Like, he basically, I think, says that at one point to Jamie or somebody's like, I'm not that person. I'm not really Brandon Stark anymore. Like, I don't know if he says it in that exact words, but it's kind of the impression he gives off that he, he, his destiny was to become the three eyed Raven. And he was trained to do that. That was his. And then like, yeah, I mean, then to make him into this, like the three eyed Raven is almost the concept of the three eyed Raven is kind of like this, almost like, what would you say? Like a, like a otherworldly figure or someone who's kind of like, exist on a different plane than everyone else and like has this ability to see into the to the future and see into the past and almost like this like mage type and 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 then he's basically turned into like the most human thing you can be where he's just like the king of the realm making these decisions in the small council about how many no, at the worst, he knew how much coins should... well, he knew he's gonna be the king of seven kingdoms uh, so I, he had I, people fight, I, and I have, I have what I thought would have been a great alternate ending. And let me see if I can get this right because I keep messing up some of the names and that. But it's pretty basically. I think what would have been perfect is that you know Jon Snow, mm-hmm. of course, uh, claims his yeah. claims the throne as his because of his. Uh, his lineage, you know, being the the son of of uh, Rhaegar. <laughs> oh my God, I, I got Rhaegar. Gonna, I thought you were gonna forget about that. Uh, <laughs> and 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 so he claims that, even though then, of course, that would be controversial, especially to Grey Worm and all of the Dothraki, because John murdered Khaleesi. So to me, that would have been the, the perfect way to end it. Would have been, you know, John claiming the throne. He, of course, gets all of his, you know, people to his side. Gray Worm 
gets you know all the people that are still loyal to the Lannisters, you know the, the Dothraki, all of the Unsullied, and basically, you know, they could have even like time lapsed three, four, five months into the future, and they're on the battlefield, about ready to to go to war, and they don't even need to show the battle. But it's the, to me what that would show is that they learned nothing mm-hmm. from the Night King's arrival. That you know that basically this Game of Thrones. It's just never ending. It's just always going to be some other kind of conflict, some other kind of group looking to take the throne. That it was just like they all basically learned nothing from this whole experience. That the fighting is just going to continue. I just thought that would have been, you know, a much better way to end it than the way I, I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> you know, having Jon Snow on the throne will be very predictable, and that's not something George Martin wants. And he never, you know, he never uh, saw that. He always, um, you know, has that element of surprise and just killing those that you love the most. <laughs> and having Jon Snow on the throne, I don't think that would be, we still need that, you know, how would I say? You still need that shock. Maybe if you have, I would have liked it better if we have Tyrion as the... Who? Tyrion. Oh, Tyrion. Tyrion Lannister. As, um... But, I mean, he had no... He had no claim. Yeah, and Bran did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, none of them... Or Arya, at least. I don't think Arya would have liked it. Arya never wanted that. Yeah. And what's the whole no, he... scene with Arya and the white horse and the little girl who had a white horse horse yeah. in her hand? That was that was one of the most meaningless moments they, of the show. They play it up as if it's somehow very meaningful. But it's not. And then it's just like dropped. You never hear about it again. And the the weird thing about that too was that that same white heart horse was shown at the very beginning of the of the episode as kind of like this majestic war horse. It was like featured. Yeah. And then the same horse you see later and like yeah, they do this whole slow motion like cinematic thing where she takes the horse and you feel like there's some kind of thing there and then that's it. It's just never been brought up again. <laughs> I know. Um so all right. We could probably keep going on in Game of Thrones, but there was another TV show we wanted to touch on, and we're already um, usually, you know, try to keep episodes around an hour. It's kind of the, if we go a little bit longer, we can, but um, we wanted to talk about uh, the phenomenon, uh, TLC show called 90 Day Fiance. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think while. It's probably a show a little bit more tailored to women. There certainly are a lot of no, men. No, you're not saying that. Well, no, but rephrase, please. <laughs> no, I, I think that there are certain shows. I mean, let's say The Bachelor could be one. Um, I think Ninety Day Fiance is one where, like the the general feeling that people would have is that it's more. But there are tons of men who also like watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette and who talk about it. I mean, my dad is one of, <laughs> oh my God, is one of them. He's throwing his dad under the bus. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, he only watches The Bachelorette, though. He doesn't watch The Bachelor. Um, and complains. Yeah. <laughs> Criticize every minute of the show. But whether it's... Uh, who cares who it's tailored towards? I mean, I, I, I do enjoy the show. We... It's one of the other shows that we watch together. Um, I don't really have any specific thing I want to say about it. It's just that if I would recommend it, if if people that don't that maybe haven't watched it or seen it, it is pretty fascinating. It's basically the they have a couple different versions of it. The they have like before the ninety days, and then they have the ninety day like the true ninety day fiance show. Um, but basically, the whole premise is that these people who meet online and they fall in love to the point at least where they're willing to like go and see this person. And and the idea a lot of times is to get engaged or sometimes they're already engaged depending on like where they're coming into the storyline. Um, and these people are, you know, oftentimes going to locations, you know, anywhere around the world. Um, I don't know if it speaks to us because we are like an international couple being, you know, me American and you Moroccan. I mean, that's not the way we did not meet online. Let's just, I want to establish <laughs> that right off the bat that she and I did not meet online. We we did not fall in love before ever meeting each other. That's not our story, but. Yeah, um, you did. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know if part of the draw for us to the show is it that. Does, kind of. Yeah. Like um, the other way, ninety days fiance. Because as Ryan mentioned before, you have the before the ninety days, the ninety days, and then uh, after the ninety days. And now they have this version of ninety days other the other way, where the American person goes and live in the country of their loved one. Yeah. So if you can think about it that way. But I don't think. Well, what what is I don't it? Think, what draws you in the show? What draws you in about the show? Like how it is a good mixture of of uh, of catfish, the show with <laughs> Neve, yeah. and um, but and what I would say and all these paperwork that we have to go through <laughs> in order to get married. Yeah. Um, is, um, I don't know. Like for I think... me, I like to watch Angela and Michael. Angela is like a 50 year old woman from Georgia. Uh, somewhere in the South. <laughs> yeah. And she fell in love with the Nigerian who's 30 years old. And she's, she basically like, if you decide to, to watch the show or give it a try, you would see a lot of uh, articles about this couple. I think the fun and suspense. and I think it speaks to, I think, um, I think the way in which people are meeting each other, you know, technology has changed that so much to where, like, I don't think that people are necessarily much less so than they were even 15 or 20 years ago. They're not relegated to just their own city in terms of dating. You know, there are all these different ways to date and there's the online uh, forums. And then there's, you know, now all these different, you know, like Skype and everything to where you can actually see someone. Um and it just opens up a it opens up this whole thing where people who are looking for love 
um, can can have these other avenues and these other ways. And then I think it's kind of just a, a little bit of a sign of the times. And, you know, you have these people, like you're saying, a guy from a woman from Georgia and a man from Nigeria who somehow, you know, connect online and start talking. And I think there's kind of a correlation there um, to sort of the way the world is moving a little bit and, and technology and not, there aren't as many limits uh, to, to dating or to, you know, talking with someone. Of course, there's a whole series of dangers that comes with that too. I mean, you mentioned catfishing and that goes on and there's these people who just are out for money. Like we saw with Caesar last season, a guy that I couldn't get over. But there is something I would like to mention. Um, Something very important. I would like to draw everybody's attention to the way Americans are depicted in the show and the way outsiders are depicted the show, which Personally, as a non-American and as Moroccan, uh, sometimes they show before the 90 days the, the Americans going to the other foreign country and these Americans acting or all, they are acting all iffy and they cannot touch that, they cannot eat that, this is weird, this is like they show no respect to the culture, which I think it's to some extent true. But at the same time, I think it shouldn't be generalized. And on the other hand, they show all these people from different parts of the world, some of them as ignorant, some people like make fun of their English. I speak three languages, if not more. And sometimes I'm, I have people make fun of my pronunciation. My husband is one of them. I don't make fun but, of it. But you should hear him speak French and Arabic. It's a disaster. Anyways, I don't make fun but, of your pronunciation, but I really would like if if you decide to watch the show, keep an open mind that eighty percent of what you see or what ninety fiance wants you to know it's not true, and if you follow those couples on social media, you would hear their complaints about how they they regret being in the show. They were. Uh, they hate the way they were depicted. They hate the way uh, they make them sound. But it's all, you know, for the benefit of making more money, getting oh. more views, and the best um, See, proof. See, I, I don't even, you follow some of these people on social media and that, uh, that ruins the whole thing for me. I don't know why you do that because still the show is entertaining. And I think it's like, it's like any reality TV I think that the people, the show is, at the end of the day, wants to make money. And so they, yeah, I mean, they do what you say. They they splice together uh, the video that they have. I mean, they have hundreds and hundreds of hours of content. And they can take that content and they can kind of like build a, build a narrative you know they, they can they can say okay we want to make this person look this way or we want to make this couple look this way and they can take all those moments that feed into that and they can show that or focus on that whereas there might be a bunch of other stuff that happened that totally shows a different side of the person or whatever and they leave it out and yeah i mean but then again those people are you know they they know what they're signing up for they they get paid um not that much, but they get paid. And so to me, it's, 
you know, you kind of, if you're going to enter into a show like that and have your you know, life put out there, you're kind of you're setting yourself up for, for maybe some of that to happen. But, uh, so, um, well, you mentioned a little bit of like the misunderstandings, um, between cultures we said before the podcast that, and I don't, now that I'm getting to this point, I, I don't know that I really have any, but we said we may try to, uh, discuss any kind of misunderstanding. I mean, I guess the only thing I would say in terms of at the very beginning, uh, of our dating process, I really was like completely lost and I don't, you're not allowed to say friend zone, but I, he friend zone me big I, time. I, I really did not. <laughs> he did. I really had very little knowledge as to like what was acceptable and what wasn't in the world of dating, you know, someone in Morocco. And I think because of that, there definitely were some awkward moments and some like things that I just Many, said or did <laughs> that, but I think other than other than that, I can't really say that there's been a lot of other like cultural misunderstandings. Would you I think part of it is that we we didn't sit down and talk about like this is my culture, this is your culture. We just created our own culture where yeah. certain things are acceptable, certain things are not acceptable. And also, like, we don't sit there and we say, oh, you insulted my culture by doing this or you insulted my culture by doing this. You understand what I mean? Yeah. By the way, if I don't make sense, I should be in bed by now. (laughs) Well, um, maybe just as a a final thing. And also, I'm so sorry. Having three kids, there are no march to discuss any culture. You spend your most of your day just don't touch your sister. Well, so don't yank her hair. I thought that might be what we could end up with is just to sort of uh, let people know uh, who maybe listen to me and now that they've met you. I mean, we. Uh, so I mean, I'm an educator and was in St. Louis all my life until moving here. I kind of came here on a wing and a prayer. Uh, thought I'd only do it for a year or two. And yeah, now everyone's going to laugh. Exactly. So I met uh, Sarah and I started dating around my fourth year here uh, in Morocco. And then, you know, of course, uh, within about uh, a year's time, we had married and we have a a six-year-old son. And then we uh, are going to have a second child. And, um, you know, I was kind of... For that, I, I said I always imagined having, you know, a, two kids. I didn't want to have uh, an only child who never had any siblings. You know, I thought that that's really a special relationship. And so we, you know, I think Sarah didn't, wasn't as into the, uh, the idea of having a second child, but she didn't, you know, she didn't say no. And then we went to... You did not say no. You did not directly say no. I do not want to. No, don't even try to say that you did. We so we go to our um, what do they call it? The ultrasound and uh, two heartbeats. And so that was a day that she and I will never. Two forget. heads, not only two heartbeats. Yeah. 
that was a day she and I will never forget. So we have um, also yeah. two-year-old identical twin daughters. And um, so our household is definitely uh, just a thing to behold. Um, Entertaining. The, the two daughters, the two twins, they, God love them. I mean, they can be <laughs> as sweet and entertaining as can be, but they also just, they fight uh, with one another. They, they're they cry at the drop of a hat. They're definitely into their terrible twos, that's for sure. And there's two of them. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> and they're, they're going to be teenagers soon. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be three in May, so... And I think it's coming from parents who had, um, who had RJ for four years. And he was just the sweetest kid anybody could have. Super smart, super independent, super... And then all of a sudden, like, uh, we had the twins. We loved them so much. I thought selling them on eBay. <laughs> you know, they still, but everybody's saying that this is how kids are. I guess we just got too spoiled at the beginning in our first try. No. But I just want to say, I know, I hope there will be some ladies out there listening. Um, I, I had, I wouldn't say horrible, but a very scary pregnancy, uh, because the twins were mano mano. That means they had one placenta and one amniotic sac and, um, they could kill themselves. They could kill each other on any moment. And I remember, uh, I remember going online and freaking out. My, I'm I'm glad my my OB didn't didn't just close his phone and stop talking to me. But there are many articles. If you are a mother with mano mano, or you know somebody who had mano mano, don't read a lot. Just enjoy your pregnancy. Be careful. And the girls will were they were delivered at thirty four weeks, which never happens. I forget the number. Um, of course, twin births are rare to begin with. Yeah. And then of twin births, I think this mono mono uh, happens. It's like one out of every like, 60,000. Is it 60,000? 60, I, I didn't know if it was that big. I'm sure you're right, though. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was a very rare type of birth where, um, yeah, I guess the, the, the main fear, the main thing that can happen in this type of birth is that the umbilical cord they can basically be tangled. Be, become tangled and within the womb and cause i mean obviously all kinds of different problems that can come with that um anyway so i survived they survived <laughs> so that's our little that's our little family and so yeah i mean i'm i'm in education sarah's also in education so teach english as a foreign language teaching english to mostly moroccans as uh foreign language and i teach in an american school sometimes i teach our uh, ryan a new vocabulary yes yeah see and uh that's a little bit about me and us and uh and of I'm course sorry it's not about baseball no from you know we'll get back to baseball i've got some more baseball uh episodes lined up here but um try to also get a regular episode in this weekend with my brother that sees my kind of my regular co-host i'm trying to do a show once a week with him or at least once every two weeks 
And so we're going to try to do that this Saturday. Um, but that's our, our show for you today. We we wanted to share with you kind of the, the of course, the, the main thing was, you know, we got the TV talk in, which is, you know, I always said from the beginning was going to be a part of my podcast. So we did that. And then the rest of it, hopefully, just gave you a little bit of an insight into uh, me and my life and Sarah here as well and our life here together. Um, so I hope you enjoyed uh, the episode. Uh, Sarah, any parting words? I'm more fun in person. <laughs> I thought you were pretty fun. No, I'm more fun oh, in person. More fall, yeah, sure. I actually have people want to be my friends <laughs> at the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've, we've ran into that a few times, Emily. Well, uh, so thanks for listening, and uh, there'll be more episodes coming your way soon. Arrivederci. <laughs>